Hello and welcome to Cine Drunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema and alcohol. Brought to you by Cinemunch.com. I'm your host, Matt, joined by Nathan. Hi. And Elizabeth. Hello. Let's do it. Let us do it. So it is the end of summer and we are here to sort of wrap up all of the films that we've seen. Um, it's a very special occasion. It is. We will be awarding what we are calling the <laughs> Summer Cine Snacks. What? They, yeah. are not, they are not <laughs> the Cinemunchies, which we awarded the at the, at the yeah, our prestigious Oscar equivalent. So this is like our Golden Globes, I guess. Yeah, this is or, kind of... We're really halfway through the year. Right, it's more like <laughs> People's Choice Awards or yeah. like MTV Movie Awards, yeah. I guess. This is, this is the summer edition of Bests and Teen worse. Choice Awards, I guess. Yes. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they give out surfboards, don't they? That's yes. summer. Yes. Uh, funny you didn't approach me with this name <laughs> uh, before we went on air. It's the first time hearing it. On, yeah. Well, sometimes it's, decisions are best made. It's the, mm-hmm. the Cine Drunk Summer Cine Snacks. Wow. Isn't that a lot of <laughs> that sounds like a sibilant S work? All like girl it. pop group. <laughs> Which really we should form and sort of already are. Um, but to get us through these, <laughs> these awards, this prestigious ceremony, what are we consuming, dearest? Nathan? Well, by now, as avid listeners of Sin and Junk, you know to expect nothing but the finest in craft <laughs> cocktails. And uh, we haven't let you down today. We have uh, Tropicana Fruit Punch basically, mixed mm-hmm. with rum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we even threw a little ice in there. Some mm-hmm. ice cubes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> We fancy. That's, that's Don't be jealous. one of them. Uh, but, you know, keep listening. We, oh, there's more. We, yeah, exactly. We, um, we went really fancy with a little something I like to call jello shots. Mm, gourmet. I don't know if you've heard of this, but you can actually mix alcohol into gelatin and make a shot out of jello. Mm. Yes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Who knew? So we have rum jello shots with mango jello. Mm-hmm. And in all seriousness, I actually, I've never, I know I've watched other people make these and I've had, obviously had them in my life, but I don't think I've ever made them. So I thought there was a lot more to it. Now I know any chimp or <laughs> house husband could... Or house plant. Or, or house plant or elf could make these <laughs> when in a pinch. Which is good. If you're in a pinch, jello shots. It also makes sense as to why they're so popular in college, because... You don't need any skills. Yeah, no. people in college are really dumb and poor. Truth. So it makes sense. Although I would like to say, since we are all now far out of college, we are consuming our Jello shots with a spoon. Again, we fancy. It's like a Jello pudding cup. It is this I much mean, a like pudding cup shot. Let's not. I don't know. Let's not talk about Jello pudding cups and uh, alcohol and drinks. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Bad associations but, now. Oh, oh, much like any awards show, we're black tie over here. That's how it's um, let's kick it off. So we're just celebrating the end of summer. We saw a lot of movies over the summer, um, and we're about to see a lot more once yeah. we get into prestige and Oscar season. Um, let's kick it off with just a few few trivia questions. Um, right. I've got three. 
one for each of you and then one for the group at large. Uh, Nathan, this is to you first. Oh, boy. Uh, one of the biggest movies of the summer that, that kicked off the summer was uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, which I know you you fell asleep at. I did. Can you name seven actors who appear in Avengers Age of Ultron? What? You probably can. Come on. I bet oh you can. Oh, my God. We test drove this question. With... I believe in you. One of the cats? Because that would be my level. <laughs> um... Scarlett Johansson. What? Is that right? That is correct. Okay. Um, that guy... Oh, no. Who plays Iron Man? Yeah. Yep. Okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Um, Billy Bob Thornton. No, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I associate him. Three. With... I can see why. It's a three-name yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh... It's, uh, I'm not going to Bob is a nickname for the first name. It's a shortened version of this. Oh, God. This is painful. I've been sick lately, so... <laughs> it's true. I You're on the might as, I mean, I might have a parasite on my brain. That might awesome. be why my memory is failing me. Um, I, I swear to God, I can't remember a single... I'm freezing. I'm, I'm I know. Panicking. I put you on the spot. I'm panicking. On the spot. Yeah, seven. Can we move on to the next question and then come back to me? Sure. Sure. You, you think on that. In the meantime, Elizabeth, Whew. Disney Pixar released Inside Out earlier this summer, which uh -huh. was very successful, and we discussed in our part two, uh, which is takes place mostly inside a young girl's head, yeah. of which the main characters are five emotions. Can you name those emotions and the corresponding actors who voice those five emotions? Sure. There's anger, which is Lewis Black. Mm -hmm. There is disgust, which is Mindy Kaling. There is fear, which is Bill Hader. There is sadness, which is Phyllis Smith. And joy, which is Amy Poehler. Add a girl. Baboon. Show off. Drop them. <laughs> I just threw my Jello shot in Nathan's face. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. That yes! is the one. That's two. you are two. Great. Only five more. <laughs> Oh. Two have the same first name. Is there a Chris? There There's are two. two. Is there a Chris Pine? No. no. God damn it. <laughs> I hate you. Oh. You just slurp on this jello shot. No? One is worth quite a lot. Can I remind you that I fell asleep during this movie? Can I remind you that I any chimp knows the Avengers? I don't care about the Avengers. <laughs> I know, or Marvel movies, and you haven't seen okay, one of the them. I haven't just, seen like, any of them. One of them was just nominated for an Oscar this year for Supporting Actor, and we like him a lot outside of this, this series. Uh, I think you're just ready to concede. Give me... Okay, I'm ready to concede. Obviously, I failed the question. <laughs> but can I get some more hints to, like, help me along? Because all I need are you, even character names. Sure. I okay. just can't picture yeah. the so, movie because I Thor. was sleeping during it. Thor. Great yeah, that's God. a Chris. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I he thought... Was, see, I thought that was Chris Pine. worth Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Correct. There's Captain America. All-American... Okay, that's not another, a Chris. That is a Chris. That's who I also thought was Chris Pine. <laughs> Who the hell is Chris Pine? He's Star Captain Trek. Kirk in Star Trek. Okay, so they all look he's alike. He's one of the princes. In he he especially looks a lot like Chris Evans. Okay, Chris Evans. Thank oh, you. There oh. you go. Yep. Uh, <laughs> We've got Hawkeye. He was nominated for... Hawkeye? The one with the, the arrow, bow and arrow. He doesn't really have any 
um, superpowers. Oh, doesn't have superpowers. So he was, he was also in Mission Impossible. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Was Morgan Freeman in this? No, but there is no, the but... other black actor who's perfect. <laughs> oh, that's... I figured you'd... Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, that's, that's, that's actually fun. what I meant. Okay, we're up to, we're up to five. We Two are. more. Um, is Alicia Vikander in it? No, <laughs> but there not. is a girl with the same name as my own. Elizabeth... Berkeley. <laughs> oh my god, I wish. Oh, oh Elizabeth um, Olsen. Yes. That is six. You need one more. Um, it's the most I don't care. See, or... these actors are garbage actors. <laughs> I don't even feel bad. Okay, the one who was nominated for an Oscar this year was in Foxcatcher. Ah. Um, and kids are alright. He plays Hulk. Is a legit amazing actor. Oh, oh, Mark Ruffalo. There Correct. you go. There you go. Seven. Bam. Only took us several minutes longer. Done, done. I was debating Thanks whether or not to do like five, and then once Elizabeth and I started talking about it, I was like, oh no, we can easily do like eight. So let's you do know seven. that I don't know names. I know, right. I know. That's why and I give you that. And the two for the Chris's are jumble of That's blonde true. and muscle. Would you have preferred that I'd given you the five emotions? I would have done better. And their corresponding... Percentage-wise, I would have done way better. <laughs> well, this one is to either of you. I would have gotten two out of five. <laughs> <laughs> this is to either of you. Last last question before we dig into our cine snacks. Oh, God, that needs to stop. Um, well, so Jurassic we World busted up some box office records this summer uh, with, like, Best opening weekend, best June debut. Uh, it's climbing the charts. It's currently the third highest grossing film, both domestically and worldwide, of all time. Yes. Could possibly surpass Titanic to be the second highest domestically, and that depresses me to no end. Uh, garbage if you would, versus garbage. If, no, lies. Titanic <laughs> is a masterpiece. End of discussion. Uh, if you adjust for ticket price inflation... Where would Jurassic World be on the domestic box office scale? I've got, I have multiple choice, <laughs> or yeah, you, it's just a number. I'm aware. But just this is if I'm just bang out a guess. Three ticks past the bell curve. Okay, where are, what are my choices? Well, I'll give you, just do you want to guess without? You'll get are you more. Get, are points. you looking for a number, a ranking? Yes. Okay. I'm, so it's third if you don't adjust for inflation, but if you adjust for ticket price inflation, I'm gonna say ninth. I'm gonna say. Are we doing like closest wins? Well, I'll give you multiple choices. Because then I'm, then I'm guessing tenth. Like the Price is Right. Uh, I gotcha. Okay, is it eighth? One dollar. <laughs> <laughs> is it eighth, sixteenth, twenty ninth, or thirty eighth? I'm saying eighth. I say sixteenth. Twenty ninth. Good. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a joy. Okay. As usual. <laughs> Drifting with sorrow. So let's get into our first award. Well, not even award. First, let's just, what are, what are, were we sorry to have missed? Oh, yes. Um, because there was a lot we saw, but there was obviously, yeah. we didn't see everything. Well, <clears throat> there's, yeah, there's a lot that I'm sorry to have missed, mm -hmm. but I, I chose a theme. Mm -hmm. And my theme happens to be avian. <laughs> oh. Isn't it always? Nature. Uh, so I have two films, mm -hmm. a pigeon set on a branch reflecting on existence, which I understand is an insufferable choice, but someone had to choose it. Um, we'll see I haven't 
Yeah. And I have, I heard it was good. I mm-hmm. mean, um, I haven't seen any of this other, I don't even know who the director, oh, surprise, surprise, it's someone's name, so I don't know it. <laughs> but um, this person has made other films that I have also not seen, but uh, I'd love to see those as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I Am Big Bird, which is another bird. The Carol Spinney story. The Carol Spinney story, mm-hmm. which uh, is a documentary about Carol Spinney, who has played Big Bird since the beginning. It's supposed to bring grown men to tears and therefore should certainly bring me to tears. Uh, As you are a grown man. Well, yes. And uh, I wanted to see it. I actually, I, we tried to go to a special screening of it where Carol Spinney was going to be there in person, but um, we got sidetracked and we're too late. Alas. So didn't end up going at all. So that one I'm heavily anticipating on uh, Netflix or wherever it shows yes. up. Me as well. What about you guys? Um, well, I, for summer, I was disappointed that I didn't get to see the wolf pack. I had oh, really yeah. wanted to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we even we attempted also... at one point, but it was sold out. Damn Brooklyn hipsters, mm-hmm. Williamsburg. Um... Yeah, I really would like to see that. And the other movie, which is not summer at all, so I'm totally cheating, um, but it's a movie that I really am desperate to see, which is uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which was Jemaine Clement from oh, um, like Flight of the Concords, and it's a mockumentary about vampires. Uh, and I've seen oh. it pop up on a lot of like already like top 10 2015 lists, and it's apparently... Hilarious, and I love Jemaine Clement. I love mockumentaries, and the scope yes. of the vampire sort of lifestyle seems really <laughs> delightful. So, not summer, but I am definitely going to seek that one out. Yes, uh, for me, Dope was one of them that uh, yes, me we, too. we tried to, and it was just actually re released into a bunch of theaters, so we might still be able to check it out before we get too busy with other things. Um, but I definitely heard. I mean, some mixed things, but mostly dope good things. Dope things about it. <laughs> dope, dope things about dope. Uh, but I definitely want to check it out. The other one, you'll both grown it, but I got to see Southpaw. And I, I wasn't able to get get to it, but I will. It's like a <laughs> gotta, <laughs> gotta catch all my Jakey G performances. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the dead wife motivator trope. Like the Anna Forrest Whitaker. He's our favorite. <laughs> And boxing movies. Really, it just ticks off all our... Trifecta. <laughs> all it needs is some corn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, what do we got? What's, what's our first award? Well, uh, it appears yeah, that yeah. our first award is uh, Best Food and Drink Moment. Ah, uh, yes. Which is apropos because... Will we? We are Cinnamonch. <laughs> Doing a Cinna Drunk podcast. Oui, oui, this is true. Uh, for me, this was actually a little difficult. There were mm. a lot of food cameos in movies this mm. summer. But as far as moments that actually revolved around the food and drink, I didn't. there weren't a lot that, that stuck in my memory. Fair enough. Yeah, me too. Um, there was a clear choice for me, though. Uh, it's a little bit of a stretch, but it does 
uh, take place during a dinner scene at a posh restaurant. Oh, I know. I considered this. Yes, mm-hmm. I considered this one. And it's really a line reading followed by a snort slash guffaw slash chortle. It's <laughs> let out by <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Um, she's having dinner with Jude Law and she's commenting how posh the restaurant is. Something like that. And he says... He makes some comment about how, well, we're only here because Burger King was closed. And she just loses it for a quick instant, which, of course, is totally um, not appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Not appropriate for the restaurant. (laughs) It's just perfect delivery. Perfect. I mean, it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, And that's, I mean, there's no actual food involved, but I had to pick that. The other honorable mention from the same movie is there's later a fight scene um in a kitchen like oh yeah um and i just that's more of like favorite sequence that involves again i don't remember if there's i don't remember if they even throw food at each other or if it's just knives they might i think they throw like like yeah oh yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, there's produce (laughs) so that's a little more um relevant but those two well i came up with Two. Mm-hmm. Um, one was super easy because we actually just saw it today, mm-hmm. but I have a best drink <laughs> moment, and that involves we saw the film Grandma mm-hmm. with Lily Tomlin, which I highly recommend. Yes, I think we all do. Um, I mean, mostly for Lily's performance, but I thought it was a really great movie overall mm-hmm. and handled its topic really well. But there's a terrific moment where <laughs> she is getting apparently very bad coffee <laughs> in a sort of cafe in, L- in LA and um, is speaking loudly about a myriad of things, including abortion. And she's asked by John Cho playing the barista to leave and her, I don't want to ruin it, but it's, yeah. I mean, I full Elizabeth cackle. And then after the scene ended, I was still laughing because it was such a funny scene. Oh, I was crying. Yeah. So that for sure is my favorite drink moment. That is my favorite food and drink moment as well. And then I also have a favorite food moment, mm. although I believe it also involves a drink, which is from the man from uncle, mm-hmm. which was not a particularly great movie. And Matt and I have conceded, or at least I have that I was slightly swayed in my, more compassionate response to it because the four leads are all incredibly beautiful people and the costuming is beautiful. So I just like liked looking at it for Hmm. two hours Absolutely, and it was an air conditioning, but there is a, a very funny staging where army hammers character is involved in a boat chase scene and Henry Cavill has fallen out of the boat and then swum to shore and gotten into a truck and found a very nice looking, Italian picnic basket where he's having a drink and like a sandwich with fresh cheese and mm-hmm. grapes and the rest of the scene plays out from his perspective as he's enjoying this snack and you just in the background see like boats explosions flying by and, and explosions the, yeah. and fires and and it's set to this like beautiful classic Italian music, yeah. like 60s like yeah, yeah. music and and anyways, it was really fun it was and a good funny. Moment and 
set the tone well for yeah. what that movie was, was doing. Was trying to be, at least. <laughs> uh, well, mine would also go to the, the coffee shop scene in, in Grandma. If I had a honorable mention, it would be, and this was definitely a moment that I noticed when watching the film, and then afterwards, like a week or so later, it sort of went viral as this thing that people loved from Jurassic World, which we all hated, but there's a moment where they're like, pterodons or pterodact whatever the like flying dinosaurs are, are like attacking people in this like populous <laughs> area right. on the the island and this guy clearly like makes a motion to save whatever food he's just ordered it's like two martinis or you like know who that is. margaritas or something what who? it's jimmy buffett and it's oh, at margaritas it's a jimmy buffett cameo oh, where he's outside of head. the mar i only know because the internet told me okay it's Jimmy Buffett saving his margaritas outside of Margaritas. Because it was, like, not long enough to be like, this is obvious, no. look at it. And it wasn't no. so clearly, oh, that was that was well done. That was probably the best part of the movie. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably, probably. But that would be my, my other drink moment. So he's probably got margaritas in his hand. He's yeah. like, no, yeah. these are more important than my life. It is, yeah. <laughs> well, the coffee scene in Grandma was totally my top choice at first and the only reason I didn't pick it is because we just saw the movie yeah so I handicapped it so I'm glad I went with something else right <laughs> in yeah. other words go see grandma yeah yes 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 absolutely uh well because I was just talking about Jurassic World let's get into our worst <laughs> of of the summer um let's just do worst film what was what was your worst of the year you know the summer I would just like to add a disclaimer which is that I, I spoke about this with Matt, which is when I was looking over the list of films that we've seen this summer, I was like, I have to pick something other than Jurassic World because I think part of it is just, I have such love of the original and I wanted it to be good. And so it's the question of like expectations or hopes versus finished product. But when taking all of that out, even without all of that, it's just a shitty movie. It was just bad, and compared to everything else I've seen this summer, it is far and away the worst thing I saw. Yep. So for me, it's Jurassic World, without even all that other qualifications. I wouldn't even have to qual... Like, we saw Unfriended, we saw San Andreas. Yeah. I would still say Jurassic World. I mean, it's hard, because you, you're grading on, you know, what the movie's trying to do, and it's got different scope or scale than some of these other movies, but, but it's, it's also still just is just bad. The it's most bad. derivative, awful, like I was just telling you guys, I watched um, The Lone Ranger just last week, oh. and it's a terrible, horrible, I mean, it's not a good movie at all, but it's at least interesting and kind of bold in its badness. Like it was trying to do something and it didn't succeed. Jurassic World wasn't even trying to do something. It was just honestly meeting a baseline and then doing it poorly, but it didn't give a shit because whatever CGI dinosaurs and it's going to make a ton of money. Yeah, I think Jurassic World is the most cynical response to uh, the movie industry today totally. or like the movie goer audience yep today and i think it's insulting mm -hmm. i'm insulted um I'm is it is does it your get your award as well for yeah it's year? absolutely the worst oh and wow. um trifecta part of part of that maybe the Grand Slam. <laughs> Part of it is maybe that I did a, a decent job avoiding really bad movies this summer. 
But I, I don't know of any others that I would have seen that would be worse. I mean, maybe Fantastic Pixels? Four. Yes, Pixels could definitely have been worse. I, I don't know because I haven't seen it. But um, maybe San Andreas was, you know, that that could have given it a run for its money, but absolutely not. San Andreas is a superior film to Jurassic World. Yeah, I believe it. I won't disagree. What about worst performance? <laughs> well, this one, well, why don't I, I've gone first in the last couple, so someone else go first. Sure. Well, speaking of San Andreas, uh, mine is Paul Giamatti. Not necessarily for San Andreas. Uh, it's just for a, everything. it's for just Paul Giamatti this summer. Like, he was Love not great in San Andreas. He was awful in Love and Mercy. And I didn't see it, but he looks just pretty bad the in the trailers for Straight Outta Compton. Like, I, this is an actor who I quite like, and Elizabeth has a drinking problem because she definitely just spilled water all down her friend. <laughs> Much like Paul Giamatti. We're might talking have. airplane drinking problems. Yes. <laughs> well, both. Um, <laughs> uh, is he's just he can be really subtle and great in some of his best performances, and subtlety was was not in vogue with Paul Giamatti this summer because he is hamming it up in poorly written supporting characters that are. Just, oh, oh, God, bad. Oh, God, bad. <laughs> Especially, I mean, if I had to give it to one, it'd be in, in Love and Mercy, the Brian Wilson biopic. But. It's like he had a minor stroke and decided he's really going to go for that Oscar. Or does he have an Oscar? No. No, he doesn't. No. Just one have... nomination. Oh, you're right. For the so, but his since he had the stroke, his judgment about <laughs> what he needs to do to get the Oscar is not... Yeah, he's recalibrated and it's he's he's off. You heard yeah. it. You heard it here first, folks. That's in a drunk. Paul, Paul Giamatti, Giamatti suffered stroke. a stroke at some point. Um, Who was your worst performance? My worst was Meryl Streep in <laughs> Ricky and the Flash. In Ricky and the Flash, which I I I do confess I did not see the movie. <laughs> Although Matt Nathan and I did. Just. Just or, sorry, Matt, Matt. <laughs> and, and you, yes. I, I, I'm, I'm so Nathan. used to including you. Matt and um, I did. I did not see the movie, but I saw enough in the trailers. And, you know, she needs to be taken down a notch. I, it's another you heard it here first. I'm speaking out against Meryl Streep. You know what, having, she is not mine, but having seen the film, I don't totally disagree, and I actually waffled about choosing her, Mm. because is it the worst performance of the summer? No. Of course not. Of course not. But given the expectation, and given what it should be, I was shocked by, by how bad I thought she was in a large portion of the movie. Even Matt, who is the biggest Meryl Streep apologist, admitted to me when we got out of it. There was never a moment where she could just be human, and still, she always had to be making a choice, making a choice, and it was just... There were a few little ones, but I mean, with Jonathan Demme directing, there should have been a lot more, but it was like... Yeah. It's like she's steam... It's like no one will say no to her, and she's like her own worst enemy at this point. Yeah, totally. Is what it seems like. I I heard the greatest... I think it was on the film experience, right, that... They were talking about that one of her best performances of recent ages has been an adaptation. 
And that that's probably because Spike Jones doesn't give a shit that she's Meryl Streep. <laughs> probably. Which I believe. I believe that he's like, whatever, this is my material. Like, I also really like Turner Prairie Home Companion. Right, which, which again, Robert Altman is not going to be like, you're Meryl Streep, I'm going to yep. suck your metaphorical cock. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to be able to tell her, you're making too many choices. It's not a real character. So I don't, having only seen the, tra- I know you have only seen well the trailer, said. but I think, I think that is a fine choice and I considered it. Well, sometimes a girl just needs her mother. <laughs> Can't I kick. kick. <laughs> um, however, my worst performance, I also toyed very seriously with Bryce Dallas Howard. But ah, me too. I have, uh, I, I feel ultimately that it was more the role and she was just yeah. stuck with a shit sandwich and she tried to make her best. Um, someone who I think did not in any way improve <laughs> his no. role and if anything made it worse. I chose Vincent D'Onofrio from, oh, from Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. <laughs> ah. Because yeah. his choices and performance was inexplicable. <laughs> I don't know what movie he was I in. I don't know what movie he was in. I don't know what he was performing, although to be fair, on my my page, I have it as a tie between Vincent D'Onofrio and the CGI dinosaurs, which also gave some of the worst performances of the summer. (laughs) Well, he was Andy Serkis. He was (laughs) unrecognizable to me. To you. Which doesn't say that much, but (laughs) my theory is he had major plastic surgery (laughs) that somehow affected his brain. And was 11 months pregnant. And his judgment. (laughs) And thus his choices were bonkers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, in a movie of, that was our worst of the summer, his was by far the worst performance. <laughs> I can't begin to describe what he was trying to do. Couldn't tell you. Your Couldn't award's you. in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, and it's actually a shit sandwich. <laughs> it sure is. Yes. A dinosaur shit sandwich. Um, um, let's get out of the garbage and yeah. direct. What, what, what's a positive category we can jump to? Well, so I think next would probably be sort of opposite of worst performance, but not really opposite. But our favorite scene. Mm. A scene, and I, I have to say, going through it, there were, A, a lot of films that were in contention for this award. Mm-hmm. And I also... Um, there were a couple of films that were so outstanding throughout, I was unable to narrow it down to one, one specific scene. scene. Yeah, like Spy or Mad Max, Fury Road. Right. For me, yeah. Um, but so this is the one scene, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be from a great movie, or it could be from a great movie, but a, a particular scene that really stands out to you this summer. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, mine, I wouldn't be surprised if either of you also selected it, is the opera scene. That and, is mine! Uh, it, I mean, it just stands out as, like, ah. indicative of a great summer movie It was scene. really good. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of stood on its own as a clear, this is a set piece, but it's not like, oh, let's build this up wait, and then here wait, it is. for those listeners who aren't as well-educated, what right. movie are we talking about? <laughs> oh, the opera scene in Ricky and the Flash. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there was one. Um, <laughs> Jurassic World, obviously. No, the opera scene in <laughs> Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. And that's not a joke. He, that's actually... That is yeah. the right. opera scene I am okay. referring to. Thank you. Yes. yes. Yeah, no, it's just great. And there's a lot of tension and humor and, wait, who, it, who 
wants what and who is after who in this scene and it's it's also shot beautifully it's shot stylishly which i don't necessarily associate with a summer blockbuster or even past jonathan demi's mission impossible one the mission impossible series brian de palma that's who I meant. All right, all right. I was gonna say, we were just talking about Ricky you know, like, and Fashion. Even my ears perked <laughs> no, up. No, no, no. So Brian De Palma. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's because we were just... No, I would kind of want to see that. It'd be really different. <laughs> yeah, it'd be very different. No, but I mean, it was stylish. It's almost entirely wordless. Yeah, not much. Yeah. The scene. That was my... The, the scene. scene. <laughs> the scene. The movie. I thought... I loved it because it... It felt very old-fashioned, like, and I don't know if that was, like, part of it was the setting, of course, but maybe that it allowed time for the tension to build, Mm -hmm. it wasn't rushing to the action, and the action that there was wasn't overblown, it was... Right, in that there was literally nothing blew up. It's not the climax of the film, so it's still building, yeah. Yeah, and it also, it was about introducing characters, too. In a way, mm-hmm. in its own way. No, absolutely, yeah. But um, luckily, I have something different to offer. Oh. Um, my favorite, and this is purely just the true meaning of favorite, because it just made me gleeful, mm. was the scene at the gay bar in Magic Mike <laughs> XXL, <laughs> um, where they have a voguing competition. Yes. And I'm lumping that together with the campfire. Afterwards. Yes. afterwards because I think it's the only time ever in a mainstream movie that I've seen um, straight characters not have any sort of gay panic or straight male hes- characters straight yeah. male characters yep have any sort of gay panic or hesitation in doing that kind of thing Agreed. In being that gay, you know? Right. And and, um, and the participating joke. in the world. Right. And to have no um, jokes on... To have, you know, the gay characters that were there not be the punchline. Right. Mm-hmm. Really no jokes at all. If there was a joke at all, it was like the couple who... Members of the gang who were not as good not as voting as the yeah. others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just so much fun, and it al- totally. it also set the tone for what the rest of the movie was going to be, which right. is like so that was much one of fun. Their first stops on their like road trip, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I that would have to get my vote. Yeah, I considered. I actually considered that movie as well, but there were several scenes that I that movie enjoyed had, yeah. a lot, and I decided ultimately just for like big summer experience to go with the opera scene, but. Magic Mike had a lot. Yeah, of, it has a lot of good scenes that are like the Andy McDowell scene. Oh my god, that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I never would have thought. Like. If you no. had told me that we a mere four months ago that I would ever be on board with anything featuring Andy McDowell, I would have slapped you across the face. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, continuing on our favorite things, uh, ensemble. If you had a best ensemble of the summer, what? Would it be? Mm-hmm. Rizzy? Um, yes. Well, I, as always, can have difficulties in narrowing things down. So I do have a runner-up. Mm-hmm. My runner-up is Spy. Mm-hmm. Um, because everyone across the board in that movie was hilarious. Uh, I've already... Miranda... 
Hart. Hart, yes. Miranda Hart, who plays her, like, BFF, British BFF, was fucking Jim. Jason Statham. (laughs) Jason Statham. I mean, I've always actually sort of liked Jason Statham, because he's always had sort of, there's a wry humor to all of his performances, Mm. I think, and he's charismatic, but he's so funny in this. Jude Law was really great. Alice and Janney. Alice and Janney, Rose Byrne, like, just across the board, it was filled with great comic performances that all matched and elevated that film to something special. So agree. Um, but my my top for best ensemble is actually Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like, Charlize Theron and um, Tom Hardy and Nicholas Holt, but the villains were all really vividly cast yeah. and effective. Even ones like the Bullet Farmer, like these people who had, like, super small roles but I knew who they were and had a sense of dread and then most astonishing to me the five models slash actresses they cast as the as the wives wives were right the sex slaves were so effective and and the other women the biker women Mm -hmm. I loved the old woman which meant the climax I cared deeply about every single one Mm -hmm. And I didn't want any of them to die, which is rare in an, in a summer action movie anyways. It's usually like you have your like two leads and then the someone who you're like, oh, that person's going to die. Wah, wah. Yeah. But it wasn't that. It was like, no, I don't want any of them to die. I genuinely, each of them, each of the wives had their own arc, had their own individual character. That was my favorite ensemble. That's what I think made that movie so special. Mm-hmm. Amongst a thousand other things. My vote for best ensemble would be Mistress America, actually, Mm -hmm. Um, which is not. I don't think it had any of the best performances per se of Mm -hmm. the summer, and it certainly was not the best film. But I loved how all of the actors were in that space and in that world together mm-hmm. like I, mm-hmm. I i felt like they were on the same absurd page agree and yeah. that was really just fun to watch and it's something that doesn't happen often enough yeah especially once you got to the like scene where they're in the house which yeah. that was really like the whole last part there's so much interaction that was really what did it was yeah. the, right. the interaction in that scene yeah. Right. They all get the tone of the piece. Exactly. And really fit into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my runner-up would be Magic Mike Double XL. Yes. I thought everyone was just kind of having fun, and as an ensemble, you just you wanted to be with them and be part of that because they were just having fun. Uh, but my number one, you've, you've already discussed, uh, would have been Spy. Mm-hmm. Great. It was just everyone was funny. They got what was going on, and led by a great Melissa McCarthy performance. Yeah. It was a good, good ensemble. Ensemble. In so general, there were some really great ensemble movies. I mean... Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Mad Max. I wouldn't think of that as an ensemble until you started talking about it. I was like, oh yeah, for sure. It really is. Yeah. Even like Mission Impossible Rogue Nation was a strong... I mean, like yeah, there was... A good co- uh, Grandma is great. Grandma is sort mm-hmm. of like wild in that there are a lot of actors who are given one scene to make impact and they all for the most part, really do. They sure do. There are lots of good ones. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, the next um, 
category that we have is Best Supporting Performance mm-hmm. in a summer film. I guess I can start. Sure. Do it. Um, especially since I just said that Mistress America had none of the best performances. I lied. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my Best Supporting Actress is actually Cindy Chung. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who plays Karen. Yes. Um, Karen. The pregnant friend um, of one of the more major characters in the movie. And I think I just wanted to honor her because, I mean, part of it is the character is great, but she is so good. And these kinds of roles don't get noticed enough. And these kinds of actors don't get noticed enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just made me so happy to watch her. Um, Lovely. I think that's a great choice. My best supporting actor, um, I would put him in supporting, I guess, Nicholas Holt. He is mine. He is mine. Yeah. Wow. Another hat trick. (laughs) So, I I mean, I can let you talk more about him. He's the Mr. Tumnus of 2015. He's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My my heart swoons for his (laughs) metallic... (laughs) mouth. <laughs> Nathan just looked wistfully off into the middle distance. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of surprised me. I mean, I, I like him as an actor. Yeah. Certainly, but he really went for it, and it really... It was so energetic and bold. Added and, to the movie. Yeah. And it was nuts. Like, it could yeah, have again, easily he, been like, he understood too much. He understood the but tone. No. But his character, or his, um... His art his is look, great, too works oh, yeah. for the movie. Like, the casting was also great. Yeah. I think so that you look as the ensemble, too. Like, when you're talking about, you know, just caring about certain characters, everyone is so specific. Like, it's so detailed. That movie better be nominated for, like, Everything. costume design, editing, all of that. And it Cinematography, probably, probably for God's sakes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, so I... Well, I'll do male first. So Nicholas Holt was my supporting male, although I did have a runner-up which was super shocking to me, but when I was looking over that list, my runner-up, and I don't even know how to spell his last name, so he is literally not my pages, Joe Jello, <laughs> but is Joe Mangello, uh, or however you say his name, Mangiello, from... Joe Mag- Mangello shot, do you mean? <laughs> yes. That we're, that we're yes. Ooh. From Magic Mike, because... He, A, it's the, it was the element of surprise and that I thought he was a nothing of an actor, um, but he shocked me with how funny he was and had mm-hmm. also another con, uh, another contestant and favorite scene of the summer, which was the convenience store, convenience store yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. So I thought he was great. So he was my runner-up, but I also picked Nicholas Holt. And then, because I'm an asshole... I, for supporting female, totally went with the Oscars category fraud, really for both of my choices. My runner-up um, went to the voice work of Phyllis Smith. That's supporting. Okay, good. Um, because yeah. I think that voice work is so astonishing, and she mm-hmm. stole the movie right out from everybody else in it. Um and then I went with the, if it's a male headliner, you can cast the female lead in supporting. <laughs> and my favorite supporting female performance of the summer went to Rebecca Ferguson for Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Because she is awesome. 
and you should all see the movie for many reasons, but if nothing else for her, because she is fabulous. And I hope we see more of her. hope so. Uh, My supporting actor is also Nicholas Holt. If I had a runner-up, it actually, shockingly to me, because I had issues with the movie, and the character uh, would be Alexander Skarsgård in The Diary of a Teenage Girl. Mm -hmm. It's a tricky role, but I thought he was really great. It's also... Element of surprise, I had never watched True Blood. I haven't really seen him in, like, anything. And I was like, oh, no, he's not just a pretty face. He's pretty good. Yeah, that role is just so icky. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was good in it. I don't disagree. But he got the ickiness, and you could see why both Kristen Wiig and Belle Pauly would be, like, drawn to him. Yeah. But, yeah, Yeah. it was tricky, and I I thought he did well. I agree. Uh, For supporting female, I also uh, had Rebecca Ferguson as a... a, Runner-up and Phyllis Smith was my my winner. Nice for Inside Out. If I had another runner-up, it would actually be Elizabeth Banks for Love and Mercy. I think I think you um, were the one. I was the only one who saw it. Um, and we've been Nathan and I have slowly been catching up on um, Wet Hot American Summer in the series, <laughs> and she's someone who I just did not understand for a long while. Like yes. she works so often and gets so many roles. That's like, why does she keep getting these? Roles? Like she's talented, sure, but yes. I'm really coming around. To her, yeah. and I thought she was really great in a more dramatic role in, in Love and Mercy. Uh, but Phyllis Smith got my my lead. Nice. If we had to jump into the lead performances, mm-hmm. um, my lead actress, uh, not shockingly, Lily Tomlin mm-hmm. in, in Grandma. Uh, Runner up would be Belle Polly in Diary of a Teenage Girl. Uh, but yeah, Lily is. And fucking tastic, yeah. and I really hope that more people go see this movie and that it gets the push it deserves, and that she sticks around in the awards conversation and people realize what a fucking treasure she is. Agreed. Just every line reading that it's so acidic and it can be so throwaway, but she just imbues it with such personality right. that it's it feels like a real, as much as it may be close to her real like personality or sense of humor it it really fits this character in the film right well I think that's the thing that is masterful about it that I think it's sort of overlooked sometimes is that it definitely benefits from her sense of comic timing because Mm -hmm. she can punctuate the end of a scene like no other even if it's not like on the page funny it it correct yeah but she manages to do it she manages to hit that if you're talking like in sitcom Language. Language. She manages to hit that tag mm-hmm. of a scene um, masterfully, but also as a way that functions within the character she's playing and further illuminates who her character is, which I think is a really tricky thing to do. It's one thing to be funny, and it's another thing to make sure that you're consistently funny within the character that you're building. Yeah, it's such a great... Like, you can tell yeah. she came from, like, Rona Martin's laughing and like comedy and she's done a lot of you know one woman shows or like stand up type performances but also like came to prominence in the 70s and like yeah. Nashville Robert Altman and like yeah. which you know is thing. like my favorite performance of all time is her in oh god that movie <laughs> so. is joyfully but brilliant. specifically her yeah she's great yeah you can also tell she's wildly intelligent yes <laughs> yeah. um, which yeah. is always a turn on well, <laughs> <laughs> not that kind of turn on. Um, but she, yeah, she's yeah. a national treasure. <laughs> she's up sure there with 
The Declaration of Independence. <laughs> we should. And the Liberty Bell. We should and write. Bell. We should write yes. the Obama administration to get her put into. The National Archives. To some sort of museum, <laughs> just as a living exhibit. Uh, there were more slim pickings for lead actor, male actor performances. If I had a runner-up, it would actually be Jason Bateman in The Gift. It's again similar to Alexander Skarsgård. It's kind of a sleazy asshole type role. We sort of kind he of. kind of is. <laughs> Okay, well, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I think he does that really well. And he's always just really natural and effortless in a way that you don't always see how talented he is. Yeah. That is like, still like also on my McGregor list to see. I didn't get to see it. So. Um, but my lead male cine snack would actually go to Thomas Mann for Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, which is a movie none of us particularly loved. It definitely had its issues, but I think he centered that movie really well. I agree. He was really effective. Was he the me? Yeah. He was the me. Yes. Okay. I think he I think yeah, that movie I think that movie would have been insufferable in the hands of a lesser actor. Yes. And he really managed speaking of a tricky tone and character, mm-hmm. he managed. That's a good choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have no choice. I mean for lead actor. Meaning I didn't choose. That's fine. Who's your lead um, actress? My lead actress was Lily Tomlin, of course. Um, she had me in stitches <laughs> today. That's going to be in the box of grandma. <laughs> had me in had stitches. Had me in stitches. Synodrum. Uh, no, I mean... Summer Cine Snack winner, Lily Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> At least if she wins nothing else this year, she has... That's hang she on needs, her we mantle. need her as like a figurine in the, <laughs> like a cereal box too. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, Elizabeth, what you got? Um, well, I would like to, to do actress first. Yep. She's my runner-up. Right. And the only reason she's my runner-up is because I think we are going to continue to discuss that performance <sighs> as the year goes on. And fair enough. Fair enough. Grandma is not necessarily a movie. <laughs> <laughs> And Grandma is not necessarily a movie that I think of as like summer. It happened to yeah. come out of the tail end of summer, but no. it could just as easily have been released at any period. Yep. So while I think hers is undoubtedly, you know, the most skilled and wonderful, like I said, she will continue to pop up. She will probably pop up on at least our, you know, top five when we're giving out our. our she could win the Cinemunchie. She too. could win the Cinemunchie later. So, what other floozy did Hold you your horse. Well, <laughs> it's funny that you choose the word floozy. I went with Amy Schumer. Ah. Um, and again, partly the element of surprise, which I was. I knew she was very funny, um, but I was surprised at how skilled she was at the more dramatic scenes in that film. Mm hmm. Um, I think that movie works as well as it does because it really rests on her shoulders, which for an untest, untested actress is really quite an achievement. And I also, I was just discussing it with a, a colleague, a friend from work, and I and it sort of got me thinking about it. Her humor is a remarkably relaxed and confident, especially, again, for being untested. Mm-hmm. Like, she's never actively trying to be funny she's never like pushing for something or mm-hmm. playing That's a part true. she's very just natural also speaking of you can see her intelligence really shines through i think um and it's very much a summer performance it's a like lead female comedic performance so i went with her which i'm glad i did because 
at least we had something different. Yeah. I just um, went with Melissa McCarthy, too. I, I thought about her, too. I think had we not seen Grandma today and Grandma, Grandma hadn't been in the discussion, those would have been my two leads. And then for lead male, I had a runner-up and a winner. And my runner-up, as shocking as it is, is Tom Cruise. Oh. And I really think it's just because... Jackie Chan? Yes, it's yeah. for that. It's for the... He's such a... Like, he is a limited actor. He's limited in what he can do. But what he does well, he does really freaking well. Won't disagree. And I was particularly delighted by his physical knack for both comedy and action mm-hmm. in Mission Impossible. And those movies would not work without his sort of sometimes manic <laughs> energy as a propulsion. I, I think if we're talking about summer performances, it's an excellent male lead. And I am mm-hmm. shocked to say that because Cruz is not my favorite, as we know. But he didn't win. Who, who he didn't win, that? and winner was Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it wasn't a, it was a little bit slim pickings, and I really had more hesitation just because his is almost supporting in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he does. I, I'm constantly impressed with his ability to play a variety of emotions and mental states with no dialogue, mm-hmm. which is what he does in that movie. And he does shockingly anchor that film, despite being mentally unwell for most of it, the character that is. I'm sure right. Tom Hardy is a delight and does not suffer from mental illness. Um, but, or maybe he does. There's why I have a stigma. I yeah. support him either way. Mm-hmm. But the point being, I think he's a great anchor for that film. Physically, I buy him as an action hero, but I also buy the more like sensitive sides to his sure. character. Mm-hmm. And he's able to play that masculine and more feminine duality really well, which again is a tricky thing to do in a movie as like amped up as that. So he is my winner. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, moving on, uh, we have, before we get to our top three films, we have our biggest surprise, the movie that surprised us the most. Um, and let's go negative first. What was the Oh, I didn't, movie I didn't that... pick a I just figured positive or negative was what was the, the biggest oh, surprise. Well, I have both. Both of mine are, are positive. Look at you, positive. Oh, no. Positive Nancy over here. Is that a thing? The opposite <laughs> of negative Nancy? Her, her negative twin? Negative Nelly. Oh, well, well then positive can... Nancy and her sister, <gasps> negative Nelly. Nathan, why don't you go I first? can do negative. Yeah, I didn't pick one, mountain. but it's obvious. Uh, it's Jurassic World for sure. what was... Only because, it. I mean, it couldn't possibly have been even remotely that bad in my mind uh, going into it. Surprise, um, it was. Are we, can I do my positive? Or Please. Sure. Well, why don't I get through the negative real first? Okay. We can end on a real positive note. That's good. So my runner-up was Ricky and the Flash, which was not necessarily a bad movie. I was just surprised with its sort of pedigree, the Jonathan Demme, Meryl Streep, um, Diablo Cody. Diablo Cody. That, that's what they came up with. I was just really disappointed in it, mm-hmm. and I was surprised that it wasn't better. My actual winner for negative surprise was Avengers Age of Ultron, mm. um, simply because I 
such enjoyed the Avengers. Like, I really, really liked it, and I was surprised by how derivative and uninteresting it ultimately was. One yeah, I couldn't even remember the actors in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so go ahead now with your positive surprise. Um, my positive is kind of obvious for maybe both of you. The gift. Mm. Um, <clears throat> just judging from the trailer, it seemed... Yeah. It certainly seemed like something I would enjoy watching during the summer, but something that, you know, the word hokey comes to mind. And, <laughs> uh just super contrived, uh, canned, but it turned out to be pretty human in a strange way mm -hmm. and effective, quite effective. So, and I would highly recommend it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I still can really see want people to having see some that. issues with it. Yeah. We'll but, discuss more yeah. once you've, you've seen, but yeah, but I mean, it's it was super seeing. entertaining. And suspenseful yeah. and it was human, yeah. It's like for for its genre, it was top tier for sure. Yeah. And who knew that Joel Edgerton wrote and directed it? Yeah, no shit. Shocking. I literally did not know until the, the reviews came out and they started being positive and people were like, Nonsense gone, baby gone has an actor had such a great <laughs> Yeah. Directorial debut. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> who? What? Good for you, Rebecca Hall. It's a good choice, Nathan. Definitely. Um, well, I was surprised by how much we enjoyed Man from Uncle. Yeah. But that doesn't get my win. My win, at, shockingly enough, is Unfriended, which is, I think technically a spring release, but whatever. Um, real bad, like horror. Um, it's like a bunch of friends on like a chat. It takes place all the screen is just like a computer Skype. screen. Skype, basically. Yeah. Um, FaceTime or something. And then someone starts like harassing them and bad things happen and it was kind of suspenseful kind of cheesy it, it took you know that well-worn found footage type genre and you know gave it a little bit of a twist that worked well for the the story it was telling and for a long while i don't want to get into spoilers because I, I would recommend people watch it but for a long while i was like wow this this like you think you know where it's going and you're like God, this isn't good. And then it's not like it twists, but it ends in such a way that I was really thinking about, and I don't know if I want to give the filmmakers too much credit for like, this was the thesis of this film, but I could really eat into a lot of what the film presented in terms of just culture and youth and the How internet. Like it kind of, yeah, it's, it's definitely like a word. Was that summer? No, no that wouldn't was, have been summer because that would have been all over this list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was surprised by how much I kept thinking back on Unfriended and would actually recommend peeps watch it. All those peeps. All those peeps. All y'all peeps <laughs> listening. All y'all peeps. Um, well, mine, I mean, there were a lot, we were talking about it, and really there were a lot of movies that surprised me with how good they were for summer films. It was overall of the films that we saw, again, we avoided Pixels and Fantastic Four. And right. Some other questionable things, but um, my most positive surprise was Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Mm -hmm. uh, large, I mean, it's the fifth movie in an ongoing sequel starring not my favorite person, and I mean, it's really just like 
seem to be a recipe for a derivative summer blockbuster, and it absolutely could have been and probably still done well at the box office. And I mean, again, Jurassic World being the example. And instead it was smart and stylish and fun and um, sort of played with your expectations too. Like the Mm -hmm. fact that the big stunt, the big on the plane as it taking, hanging off the side of a plane as it's taking off is just the stinger for the opening. And then the closing action set piece is this like really small, intimate chase. Chase. Yeah. On foot. On foot. Um, it just really, it surprised me and how much I liked it. Mm -hmm. So that's my choice. Mm -hmm. So let's go round Robin style. We decided to choose our top three films of the summer um so let's all go around and share our third bronze cine snack <laughs> am i first no you don't have to be my I, you just gave a look as in oh i didn't rank. well i had to no, no no i had to look up my list oh okay so okay which was <laughs> um my number three i almost went with mission impossible uh but i ended up just thinking about summer movies and summer in general my my bronze goes to magic mike double xl <laughs> Because what a delight. That was so much fun. <laughs> Can't wait to watch it again. Ridiculousness. Joyful. Yeah. Well, I'll go next only because my number three was Magic Mike XXL. Oh. Which again, that one, uh, I considered for almost every category. <laughs> it kept coming up, yeah. And multiple candidates for best scene. It definitely... I was torn between that and Mission Impossible for biggest surprise because I was not That's true, yeah. Particularly excited for this movie. It felt like a movie we needed to see and once again we have movie pass. It was like why not see it? If we didn't have movie pass, I probably would have been like, eh, pass. I don't need to spend fourteen fifty to go see this movie. And thank God we saw it because I enjoyed the hell out of my time in it. <laughs> Absolutely. It was just the best like air conditioning out of the heat. I am laughing through the whole thing. Yeah. Joy. Joy. It's what summer movies should be. Yeah. Totes. Um, the opposite of joy, <laughs> but a movie we have not mentioned yet Ooh. is my number three. Uh, it's a little movie called Amy, mm-hmm. which is a documentary um, about Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was... Very well done. Agreed. Um, affecting. It was a pretty much a love letter to her without uh, watering anything down. Mm-hmm. Right. It didn't try to sort it of didn't sanitize. sanitize. Yeah, yeah, it didn't sanitize. Oh, my God. <laughs> that could be on the cover of the <laughs> DVD release. It didn't sanitize anything. Um, she's not an artist that I ever really took much notice of when she was alive, but um, I do now, just after this movie. I also think for me, the film affected me, because I really loved her music at the time, but but I didn't know as much about her, but it's making me consider even now, especially in this age of internet and constant sort of paparazzi and whatever, we have a, a really sick habit as a culture to make fun of people who are suffering from substance abuse and mental illness. Mm-hmm. And we treat it as something for our 
our pleasure to watch their sort of spiral. Yeah. And the film definitely made me sort of reevaluate how I would, if I take part in that culture and you know what I mean? Like it really had a lot to say about how like that's so messed up. Without being like a message. No, or preachy at all. It was just like actually watching the reality of her life play out without any additional message on you. Like, Oh yeah, it's really sick that the sort of media and public and, gossip made a punching bag out of this poor woman who had legit like an eating disorder and a drug addiction and was an abusive relationship and all this stuff and we laughed at her and that's really yeah. gross and I think that that's kind of important and yeah significant I, I think so much of the credit for that um goes to the editing team for putting yeah. together the footage so, so much, much footage. of it family yeah. footage I guess which yeah. was from her parents who aren't portrayed in the best light and there's all this you know fracas about (laughs) yeah about um how they're portrayed in the film but in any case so much just so many gems yeah Yeah, i still came um, away from it really just respecting and loving her as an artist in awe of her talent just that it puts up all the like lyrics as yeah she's a great songwriter yeah yeah, I thought the, I just thought the the construction, purely the construction of the documentary was so expertly done. Yeah. And I loved so. that none of the... <clears throat> highly recommend it. None mm-hmm. of the, the interviews, none of them were shown on screen. It was only just their voices. Which yes. Really oh, yeah. I liked that style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I also considered that for my top three, but I decided it was not unlike Grandma. It could be released at any time, and I think it's one that I will consider continue to consider after summer has passed so that's the reason i left it off but that's an excellent top top three choice totes my runner-up my silver medal uh if we move on uh is spy because goddamn, i another one i cannot wait to see again what we have another triple crown winner it is all three of our and i bet our number one is the same is it Mad Max Fury Road? It is. Oh, it yes. is. All right. <laughs> At least we can all. Not one. We are hey, a no, one. That's, no, that's I think great. that I think that speaks to how powerful these movies were. Totes. I mean, to be fair, Mad Max—that's not really a choice. It has to be. I mean, that <laughs> movie is not of this dimension <laughs> it might actually it's be not of this universe. it might actually be a religious experience it is it's it the closest been. i'll get it's a drug yes it, i mean it's explosive i live i die i live again <laughs> like, yeah well to go back before we if we want to say anything more yeah, yeah spy, spy was by far my favorite comedy of the summer yep <laughs> um, it was well constructed in that it functioned as a actual story with stakes, but also was a sly sort of spoof and critique of spy movies. I said spy. I meant sly. A sly. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> These jello shots. These Joe Mangello uh, shots. And really more than anything, it's just, again, what I want in summer, which is to go into a theater and laugh. Mm-hmm. And it was still, on a bare bones, a good movie. Oh, yeah. And it was smart. It had a feminist leading, leaning, which I, oh, God. 
a feminist Oof. leaning, which I always enjoy and respect in film. And it had a class. It also had a classic sensibility to it, which I mean, yes. it was a spoof of sorts, but also felt fresh. Yes, definitely felt <clears throat> like this was meant for release in 2015. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, but could also be timeless. And then I feel like exactly in yeah. 2025, we could go back and rewatch it. And right, yeah, it'll be on TBS, and we'll still be like, "Hey, <laughs> that's a great movie." Use and I think just TBS will still exist. There's yeah, really. I remember thinking immediately afterwards that there was nothing wrong with the movie, mm-hmm. except for there was one little scene that I thought didn't work particularly well. Mm-hmm. The and airplane. The airplane. Yep. And the fact that that stood out so much. Um, Just showed how great the rest exactly. was. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's not a sensation I usually get while watching a movie any time of year, much less the summer. Yeah. That it that something is so technically perfect and also so just straight up enjoyable, yeah. Subjectively, agree. And mm. then to to go back to our number one, I mean, we kind of already covered it when we compared it to a religious experience. But I just marvel at the fact that this movie, first off, was made by a major studio, mm-hmm. by like an eighty year old, by <laughs> a seventy year old. Yeah, okay. I mean, he but so, he's seventy. Still, yeah. He might have been like 69 when they we were made happy feet, which you know I <laughs> detest. Detest. Every fiber of my being. Um, it's also a movie that was, I was just, I sort of didn't realize, it was plagued with bad production. It was originally supposed to shoot in Australia, in the Australian desert. It was like weather. And then for the first time in like half a century... They had like rain and snow in this desert and all this like green popping up. So they had to switch to Namibia, <laughs> which is like a pretty big overhaul to change your entire production on a major blockbuster with like numerous crew. Well, yeah, because it's all like practical. An entirely, right, to an entirely different continent <laughs> and country. Um, and I was just reading or I think it was on a podcast, I think it was Fighting in the War Room, but they were talking about how they were in, they were one of the people on the, who does the podcast was on set to interview on a different film where there was a cast member of Mad Max, and they were like, don't ask about Mad Max, we don't even know if it's going to come out. Like, this is how plagued the production was. There was all sorts of issues of like, Tom Hardy got really frustrated because there was, like, no working script. It kind of went as it was developed. Like, Charlize Theron, like, really didn't get along with Tom Hardy during the shoot. Like, there were all these, like, crazy problems. And they had to do a bunch of reshoots and she didn't want to shave her head again. Right. Yeah. Like, all these really insane things. And then this is the outcome. I mean, I always think of, like, World War Z where it was plagued with and they had to, like, reshoot the last third. And I really liked that movie and thought mm-hmm. it turned out well. But this is, like... Warner Brothers was, like, trying to not even talk about it for a long time because they were like, I don't even know if it's going to come out. And yet somehow it doesn't feel like it was studio noted to death. It feels like they really let this crazy 70-year-old Australian man do what he wanted to do with no script and (laughs) shooting in the African desert. And then this is what happened. It really does feel like a miracle that this movie happened and turned out as what it was. Totally. Yeah, well, I remember also thinking at the time that it's pure cinematic magic. Oh, I mean, that's, yeah. Like, it's, 
it highlights what film can do as opposed to other media. Like, totally. You know, books it's, or TV or, I mean, yeah. this is like pushing the boundaries of what movies can do visually, um, most notably, I think, aesthetically. Yeah. Um, I'll ask. In, yeah. Continue, sorry. No, I mean, in, in every way. And I think the the fact that knowing this backstory of how it was, <clears throat> it wasn't just a, a clear A to B start it's to finish makes it even more magical that it just kind of ended up this way. Yeah. Yeah. Have all those aspects of like the costume, the cinematography, the editing, the acting, right. like everything comes together into such a cohesive vision. Right. But to hear about all this, this backstory and that that's what, what came of it. Is, it also to me is perfect in the summer, but also just in the, you know, is there are continually questions about, like now there are so many options and platforms in which we're able to watch film and there's video on demand and there's, we have all these, you know, people have home theaters and iPads and phones and all these different mediums to watch film. And this to me is a perfect example of a film that is like, no, you need to see it in a theater. Which wasn't like, was it, did it even get released in 3d at all? It did. It, it okay. did. But it didn't like need it. It's no, not, it didn't need it. And I actually heard it made it worse because of course the film was so bright. That's the other thing is in the, you know, midst of the dark night syndrome, as I will call it, which is where so many summer movies are so dark and serious and, or you have Marvel movies that aren't dark and serious, but they all look the same. Like they could all right. have been shot by the same cinematographer and are uninteresting to look at with the possible exception being um, Winter Soldier. And then you have this movie that it's like the turquoise and the blues and it's, yeah. it's so vivid. visually vivid and colorful and funny and I mean it's a story that easily could have been, I mean it's like sex slaves and a man who has been mentally driven insane. It could have easily gone the Dark Knight tortured route, and it yeah. did not at all. I, I just don't understand how this movie got made, and I'm so thankful it did. And, and top of uh, summer. Yeah, honestly, the movie it makes me think of most is, a, is it A Trip to the Moon? Mm, <laughs> the, yeah. the color, the, George yeah. the tinted version, or, the, you know, where they... Oh, yeah. It's not the same color that we use today, but the you know the color, the color in the yeah. frames. Right. That's like the kind of revolutionary vision that it recalls right. to me. I also think, speaking of a summer that Jurassic World came out, I'll wrap it up soon. I know, but <laughs> um, you know, I I keep going back to like Jurassic Park, which of course there's something about movies from our childhood that become really rewatchable, but. Jurassic Park I love and I could rewatch all the time and have seen multiple, multiple times. And I find in my adulthood there are less and less movies that I even want to rewatch a second time, mm -hmm. let alone something that I could see like once a year picking up and rewatching. And Mad Max is, I mean, I saw it twice this summer, like within the same weekend, and I'm excited to watch it again now. <laughs> It's thrilling. And I, I feel like it's a movie that, again, you know, not like, not unlike how I said it, we could watch Spy in 10 years and it would be just as good and hold up. Like, I'm excited to watch Mad Max 
10 years from now and love it as much as I do now, which I rarely feel about movies, even movies I really, really like and admire. Mm -hmm. So, totes. That was summer. That was summer. Congratulations to our winners and our losers. Summer Cine Snacks. Vincent and Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You got uh, a few more. Oh, I do. I forgot. All right. Or what do we one, got? Oh, I don't know. Let you, either one of you can do it because I don't know. <laughs> oh, just call it out. All right. <laughs> How many Marvel Universe films have been released so far through Ant-Man? You actually like in, thought I could get that? No, Wait, I don't. So in, in this current Marvel in Universe? In the current connective Marvel Universe. Okay. Part of phase one and two. Well, let's see. There have been two Thor movies, two Captain America movies, three Iron Man movies, a Hulk movie, two Avengers movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Ant-Man. That's 12. I wonder if there's any other Guardians of the Galaxy was part of it? (laughs) Yeah. I bet there's some other thing that I'm blanking on. Are there any other Avengers? Okay, there's Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, obviously Black Widow and Hawkeye don't have their own. Hulk just had the Edward Norton. I'm going to say 12. 12 is correct. Boom, boom. All right. Which, <laughs> which actor has not appeared in the Mission Impossible series? Mm-hmm. A, Leah Sado. Sado. I don't know how you say her name. B, Emilio Estevez, C, Max von Sydow, or D, Lawrence Fishburne. God. Which one has not appeared? Well, I know Leah Sydow has. She was in the last one, Ghost Protocol. The other three, I would hope Emilio Estevez was nowhere near Mission Impossible, but the first one did come out in like 96, so who knows what was going on. It's a different world. And then what was Lawrence Fishburne, and who's the other one? Max Bonsado. Gosh, I don't know. I'm going to guess Lawrence Fishburne. I'm going to guess Max Bonsado. Matt is correct. Nathan mm-hmm. is not. Of course he is. Lawrence Fishburne is in the third Mission Impossible. Huh. Um, and Emilio Estevez is absolutely, he's part of the team at the very beginning of the first Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, I want to rewatch that. Which, that as is Kristen Scott Thomas. I vaguely remember her. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Huh. Um, yeah, I figured I would trip you guys up with that one, because Emilio Estevez, again, does feel like, why would he be in those yeah, movies? what? But he is. <laughs> and also, Max von Sydow feels like he very easily could have been. Totally. Um, final question. All right. Which of these top-grossing indie films was released in the summer? Mm. And these four are the top four independently financed films, like, ever. Mm-hmm. But only one was released during summer. A, Goodwill Hunting. B, Fahrenheit 9-11. C, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And D, Pulp Fiction. Which was a summer release? It seems like it should be Pulp Fiction, just... Based on gut instinct of what would be released during the summer. Ooh. I do not. I know you know it. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) 
I have to go with my gut because I have no other thing to go with. So, Pulp Fiction. Incorrect. Yeah. Fahrenheit 9-11. Correct. That was my second guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. That's our, those are our summer tr- movie trivias. Alrighty, alrighty. Thanks for joining zero. us. <laughs> no worries. I got all three. <laughs> Just rubbing salt into that wound. Uh, we're going to enjoy some more Joe Mangello shots. And um, <laughs> we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Congrats to our Cinnamunch Cinnadrunk Summer Cine Snacks winners. Something, Woo! Something like that. Whatever. Bye. Bye. <laughs>